You know we love staying connected. From current events to drama and celebrity gossip, we stay in the know. But it can be hard to keep up when your Wi-Fi cuts out around the house. You know, spotty in one room, but strong in the other. Thankfully, the next generation Xfinity 10G network can help by keeping you connected to everything you love with reliable wall-to-wall Wi-Fi. That means you can stay up to date on all the latest buzz in real time from room to room. Start listening to your favorite podcasts in the kitchen and listen all over the house as you put your laundry away. Better yet, the whole family can work, stream, and play on multiple devices, all with a fast and reliable connection. With the next generation Xfinity 10G network, your entire house can keep up with all the action with less buffering. Get it all from the network made for streaming, the Xfinity 10G network. So many of us love coffee. Mm-hmm. Like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot, some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. Oh, yes. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home. It's honestly game-changing. You can just shake the canister and spray it onto your coffee. And voila, you've got an incredible cold foam coffee at home. No frothing, fancy machines, or mess required. Ooh, an International Delight Cold Foam Creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom. And the best part, mm-hmm. it works on both hot and iced coffees. Oh my gosh, I'm drooling. Okay, so it comes in three foaming delicious flavors. French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato. So you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at the grocery store. And be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. Okay, Bree, so what reminds you of college days? French vanilla. I mean, Bree and I lived on International Delight French Vanilla. And you know what's the cutest thing? Is every time our dad comes to visit... He calls me because I always be like, what do you want me to get the grocery store? And he's like, oh, make sure to get, it's always International Delight French Vanilla Creamer because I can't have it without my coffee. So guess what I'm getting my dad when he comes to visit because I know I'm going to love it. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. French Vanilla, of course. You guys, this is a game changer. Okay. How many of us spend too much money at coffee shops? Me. Me. Yes. And we deserve as human beings, to have that yummy, delicious coffee Why we all go to the coffee shops. And I'll be honest, I've kind of always wanted to be a barista, and now I can in my kitchen at my home. I'm really excited to have this, and I can't wait to hear what Dad thinks. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. All I need is to have love as the foundation, and I can move forward in such a beautiful way. I agree with that. The bells are getting back. And we have a podcast. Part of that success is being open books. I think it would be amazing to do a comeback. It's so good, though. (laughs) Like, this is so good. Like, I want to do this all the time now. And now, coming to the mic, Nikki and Brie Bella. This is the Bella's Podcast. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Bella's Podcast. Goodness, that just never gets old for me. Today, I felt like that we needed to pop something open, non-alcoholic. I feel like our minds need to be clear. 
And this was something that was gifted to Artem like a few years ago that I've held on to to wait for a perfect moment to pop open. It's a rosé sparkling tea. And Brie, you were the top. It comes from London. It comes from, I'm going to kill their name, but Fortnum and Mason. They started in 1707. Wow, this is actually really good. Is it good? Mm-hmm. So what's in it, actually, it's a sparkling blend of sencha, silver needle, and Darjeeling teas, complex herbal and floral. This is delicious. This is what Brian should be drinking. Yes. Well, and those are all like teas we both actually really, really love. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to this order This is some. so refreshing. Yeah. All right, Brie, New Year's Eve. I know. I mean, I was asleep by 9 p.m., so nothing exciting on my end. We actually usually I'll turn on the TV and watch the ball drop and see the performances. But I actually didn't even do it that this year, which was shocking. I kind of had a quiet felt like a regular Friday night for me and woke up the next morning being like, wow, my phone says 2022. Happy New Year. (laughs) See, so Artem and I, we really wanted to make it special, even though we wanted to be, you know, a little more chill, but we took Mateo outside a lot and went for walks. And then there's this one hotel that we love because they're still decorated. You and I did a sister Sunday there. So we wanted to go to a hotel and just kind of feel a vibe, you know, but be like by ourselves because he and I have been very secluded just because he left for tour today. And I'm going to be leaving to finish filming for AGT Extreme. So we've kind of been in our own quarantine bubble while you and I aren't hanging out. I just feel like we knew it was festive and we went there and it was fun. We each had a glass of rosé and that's all we drank because Artem and I haven't been drinking. And it was beautiful. We had caviar. Artem made Branzino. By the way, I would think like, okay, you're going to go to the store and you're going to get Branzino as if it's already kind of done up and you just fillet it. No, he gets the actual fish. He skins it. He does everything. Wow. Like, yeah, he went to Sunnyside Market in St. Helena. He got two Branzinos. Amazing. Made us amazing mashed potatoes, the ones from Thanksgiving. And um, we had some caviar to start. Delicious. And we just did sparkling water. I have to say, and I feel bad saying this, but the Ryan Seacrest show was a little disappointing. The Miley Cyrus um, New Year's Eve show um, with Pete Davidson was freaking awesome. Oh, really? Like... It gave me Bottle Rock vibes all over again. Oh, I wish I would have saw that. Brandy Carlisle performed and then they did a duet. I mean, that's how they rang in the... Look, I have chills. That's how they rang in the New Year. So Artem and I enjoyed that. And then we made some love and went to bed. And that was it. Well, that sounds like a nice New Year's. You know, I give people credit who do New Year's with kids, especially young Mm -hmm. kids, because for Brian and I, it feels like too much to do something. So we always just, since we've had kids, we always just stay home because it's easier, but I'll go on Instagram and I'll like, look at people's photos and like, they go do fun stuff with their, even their young ones. And I'm like, do I not just have the energy for that? Or do I not? I don't know. Brian and I are always blown away. So we just, he and I are always like blown away. We just feel like he and I won't be able to have an elaborate New Year's Eve until the kids are like older. Right. Because 730 comes around and it's like, everyone's ready for bed in my house. It's crazy. Well, we had fun. Well, I have to tell you, Brian, very sad today. Why? Because Artem left. He left for tour today and it's been really hard. Um, we just have had so much fun and like, even Mateo was waving by, but like, 
looked so confused. Like, why am I saying bye-bye to Dada? And I felt bad. It was sad. And like the rudest driver in the world. So Artem gets the luggage in the car service. And then he goes, Oh, I'll, I'll be right back. I just want to say bye to my family. And he goes, you serious, man, come on. And we're like 10 feet away. It's not like he had to go back inside. Like we were right there. So no way to start your new year. Right. I was like, ew, just because you don't have someone to say goodbye to. It was the rudest thing. It felt so bad. Artem's like face. Well, we both kind of were shocked. Like you would never think that, but I'm really sad because Artem will be consistently gone till the end of March. We'll get to see him every now and then, but I'm excited for him. You know, I'm very supportive and Artem loves to dance. He loves to perform and he loves what he does. And I have to honor that. And so for sure. I I mean, there was someone with one of the shows that I filmed and he was telling me he grew up in a family where they were Broadway performers. So late nights, always rehearsals, shows, but he loved it. He said the creative mindset that was constantly going through their home in New York and kind of the chaos of the performing arts. And he was raised in what people would say, that's not a normal lifestyle. That's not functional. That's not stable. But to him, it's made him an amazing actor to this day, dancer. I just, I look at him and I'm like, yeah, you were raised in a family of artists. And so I think, you know, for Mateo, it's, and for you, yeah, it's hard because he's gone three months, is it? And you'll get to see him here or there. But also you both are in entertainment. Like it's your right. life. And Mateo will feed off that in a really, I think, beautiful way. I agree. And the one thing is Artem and I have the best understanding. Mateo's first. And one thing I think we've all realized, because you're one of them, having a baby in a pandemic, like your baby just loves being at home. Like one thing we've realized yes. about Mateo is, Mateo loves being in his home, in his nursery with his toys and his surrounding. We both have noticed he's the happiest there. So we have to sacrifice whoever has to go film unless like Mateo comes with me, like, because Artem's on the road, I film AGT extreme. He comes with me instead of a tour bus, of course. But, um, we've realized like as much as possible as we could keep him at home because he's the happiest there. Cause at first Arden was like, do we get a bus? And you guys come on the road with me. And I'm like, you know, Mateo would be so miserable. Like he just want to be home and Artem agreed. Um, so it's just different having babies, you know, in a pandemic. It's, it's tough. I definitely agree with that, but he didn't cry. I think he's used to Artem going, coming and going now. Yeah. So he didn't cry, which was a good thing. And I have to say one thing that kids have taught me is that time flies. So before you know it, he'll be back home. And then you're like, oh gosh, you were just on tour. Like it's weird. Time flies. I already feel like January, we've planned out our January and I'm like, all right. Like, I feel like February is going to be here, but you know what, Nicole, I have to say, I'm so excited for our guest today. I know in our last episode, we went on and on about how we are so excited to have Aubrey Marcus on. Mm -hmm. I think he's one of those people who's perfect to kind of kick off your year. Mm -hmm. He's someone amazing to follow on social media because he kind of keeps you motivated and reminds you of what is your purpose and and how are you going to get there and how are we going to do it? So I say without further ado, we bring him on. I agree because, you know, it's been a week of getting into resolutions and trying to find our routine. And I think right now we're going to get some great advice on how we can really nail that routine that we're craving so badly. I say we take a break and then we bring on Aubrey Marcus. 
You know what I love about springtime is that you kind of get to refresh your closet. You know, fall, winter, we're all bundled up. And then when spring comes, the sun is truly out. You get to ditch all the layers and just refresh your look. I mean, I feel like I'm totally in for like refreshing my wardrobe. Bringing a little color. I need spring shopping. I mean, Brie, Walmart has like some incredible styles out right now and so affordable. Oh, that is right. This spring, there's only one destination for the latest fashion, home and beauty inspired by real life, Walmart. Be it bold swimwear or graphic beach towels, glowy makeup or sleek activewear, or even elevated furniture and mix and match tableware to inspire your next spring gathering at home. Discover surprisingly stylish new season favorites at Walmart now or shop it on the Walmart app. Go to walmart.com slash now trending. That's walmart.com slash now trending. Now trending. Your style at Walmart. Thrive Market is a go-to for all of your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online, then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. And you could use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Nikki, where do we get all our primal condiments? Thrive Market. You know it. I have actually loved so much that I have been able to transform my refrigerator, even my pantry, to healthy, low-sugar condiments. Mm -hmm. Everything in the gluten-free, Whole30 diet recommendations. Thrive Market for me is that one-stop shop where I can pick and choose all the things that are healthy for not only my kids, but for myself too. And boom, they're at my front door within days. They definitely make it super easy to stay healthy, organic, all the things that we really want in our household. One thing that Thrive Market has helped me with is I've wanted that when it comes to household cleaning items or just stuff that you actually put in your house besides consuming. And they've really helped it. I had one one of my goals this year was less plastic in my house. Thrive Market helps with that, with refillables, with what I exactly need to clean. And look, when you have kids running around, having... A company really care about the ingredients inside it. That's super important. What we're spraying on our counters, putting in our toilets, on our sheets, all of that matters. So grateful for a place like Thrive Market that really looks into ingredients and we know what we're buying. 100%. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash twins for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash twins. Thrivemarket.com slash twins. Warning, things are about to get intense. I mean, Brie and I are talking like that intense moment when the room stops, maybe time stops, when everything might be going around you, but you're looking at that one person dead in the eyes 
or a maple donut and <laughs> in our eyes. Usually I'm giving that stare down when I want to ask my husband for his credit card so I can go shopping. Ooh, that is the intense that I like. Intense heat, lasting plump. From the hot new Lifter Plump from Maybelline, New York. Formulated with chili pepper, Lifter Plump delivers a heated sensation for an instant lip plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades. Blush, Blaze, Red Flag, Hot Honey, Coco Zing, and many more. And you know me with that red. Nothing like a red flag on my sizzling lips. Oh, we know it, girl. Can you take that heat? Find your shade at Maybelline.com or a retailer near you. Amazon shoppers get 10% off Lifter Plump purchase with code 10PLUMP for a limited time. Well, you guys, you know how excited we are to have our next guest on the podcast. I have a really personal story to tell you, actually, how I came across this guest. And Nicole, I don't even know if you know this. I don't think I do. You guys have all seen, and probably I would say the last four years, a huge transformation in my husband with his mental health, with his physical health. And the one thing that changed everything is that he read our next guest book. And so my husband decided that, you know what, throughout all this crazy weight training, and he started to get into functional medicine and he changed his workouts. He started to buy on it supplements. He read the book on the day. He started to follow all these workouts and it was really crazy. And I'll never forget because it was his doctor. How did you find me? And he's like, well, Aubrey Marcus's book has really changed my life. And he goes, well, if you loved his book, you're going to love his podcast. And now my husband doesn't miss an episode of the Aubrey Marcus podcast. So I've gotten inspired by him. But then it was crazy because I always heard his name in our house, Aubrey Marcus, Aubrey Marcus. And then all of a sudden we come across Kristen Prouty, who is one of our spiritual sisters and has brought so much. I feel like spiritual people our way who really inspired us. And then all of a sudden she's like, you need to meet one of my close friends. He is so inspiring. He will change your life. Aubrey Marcus. And I'm like, wait a second. This guy's name keeps just Bree, following me. Your all guides around. are telling you something. <laughs> yes. You need so, the work of Aubrey in your life. So we have been fighting really hard to get this man on our show. And he is here today on the Bella's podcast. We are so excited. So Aubrey Marcus, welcome to the Bella's podcast. Happy to be here. What an intro. It's a lot of pressure. I know. I mean, wow. Wow. You know? Yeah. I'm like right over here, like ready to get enlightened. I'm I know. Like, well, wow. <laughs> Let's I mean, go. Let's yeah. figure it out. Let's do it. Aubrey, I'm trying to think. So my husband went to um, functional medicine and that literally has changed. I feel like my husband's physique, his energy, his depression, and just now the his way sleeping. he is sleeping. Yeah. Just the way he wrestles in the ring to just how he lives life every day. Like it's mm-hmm. crazy. And it started off with your book. I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah. I mean, functional medicine is about healthcare, not about sick care. You know, it's about how do you really look at all of the aspects of a human being, which we're absolutely magical, like unbelievably miraculous beings. And we have all of the intelligence to be able to heal ourselves. But, you know, there's a lot of forces out there that make a lot of money by telling us that we can't heal ourselves, that we need their, their intervention to heal ourselves. And they have the only solution and it comes in a pill bottle or in a shot or in a whatever it is. And, 
really sometimes those things save lives. They've saved my life. They've saved a lot of people's lives. And I'm very grateful that they exist. But the balance to that is this reminder that, hey, we are also miraculous. And we also have all of the technologies to heal ourselves in the air we breathe and how we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat, the thoughts we think. I mean, there's so much power that we have available that I just really want to help remind people of how incredible they actually are. Wow. That gave me chills. I know me too. And you really do do that. You do. And so have you always been into this? Like growing up, were you always focused or drawn to this lifestyle or did something happen in your life that brought you to this kind of lifestyle? I got a little help because my stepmother was a functional medicine doctor. So she worked with all of Pat Riley's basketball teams. So the Lakers in the eighties, the Knicks in the nineties, the heat in the two thousands as a nutritional doctor. So she would give them Chinese herbs and different supplements and things. So from the moment I started playing basketball competitively, seventh, eighth grade into high school, there was a little stack of supplements that were, and supplements weren't big back then. I mean, we're talking like early nineties, you know, late eighties, like that time period. And I would have a stack of supplements and I didn't know what they were, but she would give them to me. And I could recognize that on game day, I had more energy. I felt clearer. I felt sharper than I did on regular days. Now she couldn't get me to take things every day because I was a, you know, I was still a kid, but on game day, I knew it was important enough to do it. And also on test day, there'd be a different stack of supplements for me to take my SAT test or whatever was important. So I started to realize that, and they were very keen on what the food that I would eat before competition and before performance, mentally, physically, emotionally, whatever it was. So I started to get that idea in my head and I knew from an early age that it worked, that there was something about it. And then, of course, when I got out and I was living on my own and I was starting to try and piece together my own paper towel, right, which is a lot harder than when you're living with your, your stepmom and she can do it for you. I just recognized like, all right, there's a lot of improvements to be made here. And so that led into the founding of my company on it and a real kind of expansion of my understanding of all the techniques, not just of things you ingest, but how you move your body, how you sleep, how you make love, how you think, all of these things are interrelated and um, really understanding that the mind and body are not as separate as we think. Like our thoughts and our body are all deeply, deeply interwoven. So really you have to solve the puzzle on many dimensions. You know, it's interesting because I don't know if it's like this for you, but for me, I'm always so bad at taking supplements. I have them all in my pantry, like yeah. <laughs> exactly what I need. Great at buying them. Yeah, great and at buying them. them. But I'm like, <laughs> why is it? And I put out my kids' vitamins every morning. I'm like, why do I not just take the extra step and unscrew like my supplements and put them out? Like, I can't believe I probably do it once a week. But like you said, I see my husband, he's so dedicated. And he always tells me, he's like, you will feel different you will remember things like your body will feel good. He's like, I don't understand why you forget that part in your daily routine. And I'm like, I know, but I, I don't know why I just do. And I need to like be better about that. Yeah. You know, it's funny because um, about routines, I was asking my husband, I'm like, if you could ask Aubrey one question, what would it be? And he really wanted to be here, but he's like, well, my one question is what does he do every morning when he wakes up? He's like, I feel like he has to have this routine to get his day started. And he's like, and I, I'm dying to know what it is. So what, how do you start your day? I mean, that's chapter one of my book, Own the Day. And really, that's what I tried. I haven't improved on it all that much. Some slight tweaks, but there's three main things to think about. 
Because when you're waking up, most of us will roll over, we'll reach for our phone, and then we'll use the cortisol of checking things that we have to do to kind of stimulate ourselves. It's like the natural stress hormone, caffeine stimulant that we wake up to. Not the way to start the day. It starts you off on a roller coaster that you really don't want to be on. So the best way to start the day is with three things, light, movement, and hydration. So hydration is usually something I try to tackle as quickly as possible. And that's overnight. I mean, one of the reasons why we're lighter when we wake up in the morning, like if you want to, you know, find out the time where you weigh the least it's in the morning. Well, why? Because the moist air that you're breathing out of your body is expelling more water molecules than the air that you're breathing in, which is typically drier than where you are, unless you're in just a unbelievably humid climate, in which case you're probably sweating through your sleep anyways. So you're losing moisture. So to replenish that, we're not a freshwater organism, we're a saltwater organism. That's the way that, that we are. We're full of electrolytes. So a couple grams of sea salt, a little splash of lemon, and like eight to 12 ounces of water right away to start the hydration because it doesn't take much for dehydration to start to take effect. So for those people who reach for a cup of coffee, it's the absolute wrong thing to do first thing in the morning. Give yourself a little bit of time. And I mean, I'm a coffee fan. I drink coffee pretty much every day. But I just give myself a little time to get hydrated and try to get through breakfast. And then as soon as that lull comes, that's when I, then I, when I reach for the coffee. The other thing is movement. So the circadian rhythm is really dependent on two things, light and movement. So all of the photoreceptors that we have, not only in our eyes, but in our ears and our skin, they sync with the day's circadian rhythm. So if you can expose your body to light, it signals to the body to let go of all of the hormones that are telling you to stay asleep, like melatonin, and signaling like, all right, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up and kick ass today. And if you start movement, that's also another signal. Okay, the day started. It doesn't have to be a workout. It could be something light. could be some air squats. could be some push-ups. could be wrestling around with your kids or playing with your dog. Or It really doesn't matter. But a little bit of movement, a little bit of light, and a little bit of hydration and that's like the most important first start of the day. And then from there, the next best thing to do is do something hard. Like do something hard, whatever that hard thing is. I really like the cold plunge when I can start my day with the cold plunge. Not only does that have physiological benefits, but the psychological benefits are there. Because during the day, you're going to have a lot of hard things that you have to do and that you're not going to want to do. And I don't care who you are, except maybe if you're Wim Hof who really likes the cold. Nobody likes the cold, you know, but if you get yourself to do it, then you have faith in yourself. Like, all right, I'm the type of person that will do hard things. And it could be a hard run. It could be your workout first thing. It could be whatever. But if you can get that hard thing done first thing in the morning, then everything else in your day, you're going to know yourself as the one who's going to do it. And that's, I think, something really important. Wow. wow. What about a cold shower? Is that kind of came? <laughs> depends on where you are. Yeah. Depends, like here in Miami, a cold shower is like, oh, you know, it's yeah, like 70, that's... you know, it's cold water is a precious resource. So yeah. if you're in Chicago right now, yeah, for sure. Cold shower. And I'll give you the tip for the cold shower. One thing I've recognized in some ways, cold showering is a little bit harder because I don't know why, but psychologically it can be more difficult, but the way to do a cold shower, if you're in a place where it's actually cold, is scoot back from the stream and then just let your head get in the cold. And psychologically, it's a lot easier. And then once your head is in the cold, then you can put your entire body into the cold. And it's a lot easier to get through that. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah. But that's actually a good point because I feel like when you do something hard, I mean, you're right. It has to trigger your mind that you can conquer anything else that day. Right. And speaking of the mind and routines, do you set resolutions like for new year? Do you set new goals for yourself or you're pretty much, I mean, you're probably really living your goals anyways. (laughs) (laughs) I'm one thing that I could get better at is actually a a stricter regimen. You know, I'm very fluid and very flexible. And I think it's one of my strengths because I'm always listening and reading my body. You know, when I go into the gym, I almost never have a plan. It's like, what does my body want from me today? Which are the ways that I want to move? You know, I don't, I don't even like working with trainers because I think they have an idea of what I need to do. And then I want my own idea of what I need to do, except if I'm doing something like yoga. Cause if I do my yoga on my own, it's like 20 minutes and then I'm out of there. You know, it's for whatever reason, I can never motivate myself mm-hmm. properly, but, um, but yeah, and I'm the same way with a lot of my goals is I'm very flex, very flexible, very fluid. I would actually, this coming year, you know, I'm starting it here in Miami. As I said, I really want to put together an even stronger regiment of more breath work, more like devotional practices, more, more ways in which I have something that I'm counting on every single day. And I think that's really going to benefit me. I agree. I, you know, Bree and I, we started a class and we're three weeks in and it's every Sunday and it's a manifestation class and, and to do it going into the new year, not to start it into the new year. And I realized because I want to bring in more breath work and more meditation. And I've been really good at journaling every morning. I call it what well, we call it our dailies. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is one thing that mentally it's like, I know I need my breath work. Like I feel yep. incredible every time I'm done with it. When I meditate, I'm like brand new. And for some reason I can't stick to it every day. It's like one of those things that's so easy to put off to the side when you're busy. And I'm like, how can I shift this knowing like, no, this is what you need to be busy or to like accomplish everything that you want to get done. Here's yeah. I'm right with you. Breath work is something that most of us have a lot of resistance to. And it's actually not breath work all the way through like yoga for me, even 20 minutes in, I'm like, eh, eh, I could stop, you know, but breath work, once I actually get into it, I'm actually into it. You know, I'll have, I want to, I'll do my full three rounds and this will take me like 40 minutes. But if I get through the first round, I'm in, but it's so hard to get yourself to do that first one. It feels like a real uphill climb. And I think this has to do with the way that our mind is actually a multiplicity of our own self, right? Our mind is not just one thing. We are not just one thing. There's very distinct levels of our own identity and the default mode identity is our ego, our personality. And then there's another aspect of our identity, which is like our real true self, high self. You could even just call it the team captain, right? Like the one that's really you. I like that. So the team captain is usually in the backseat for most of us, right? The team captain knows that you should breathe, Mm -hmm. but the ego self, the player, the personality, the one who's out there like, yeah, do I want to do this or not? That part of us doesn't want to relinquish control. And breathwork is one of the sure ways to actually assert the team captain is in the driver's seat. And so I actually think it's an internal battle that we have. Like a lot of the resistance we face is an aspect of ourself that's competing against another aspect of ourself. So we have to recognize that in order to get beyond that, we have to assume the identity of the team captain. 
And the identity of the team captain is the one who really knows who she is. Like, I know who I am and I know what I need. And I'm not even going to listen to all of this jibber jabber yapping from the player on the bench. Like, let's go. We're going in here. We're doing breath work and the ability to harness that team captain and then become that identity more and more often. That is an invaluable skill. So, and something that I want to work on as well, because I recognize that I recognize that resistance myself. And that's what I've tracked it to. It's like, ah, there's another part of me that likes to be comfortable, likes to do these other things, likes to stay in control. And if I can really harness that aspect of myself, um, then really I'm unstoppable. Yeah. So true. And amen. I know. And you know, it's crazy because when I think of it's the beginning of the year, right? We're setting those resolutions that are supposed to like form us in this new year, 2022, make us better people. But that team captain, I feel like for so many of us, like sits back a little more towards the end of the month. It's like, I feel like so many people are like, I couldn't even get through January either being dry or my goals mm-hmm. or this and that, you know, we're listening to all the other players, but is there anything that you do that helps keep you motivated or determined to keep going? Cause I feel like so many times people will be like, well, you know what? I failed. So that's it. I'm done. Like, you know, is there anything that you do that helps you just keep going? So there's a couple motivating factors that we all have. I think we start off and the ego actually is a great motivator. You know, I think a lot of times people denigrate it entirely, but it's very motivational. You know, when you want to make money, when you want to make your name, when you want to be famous and known and, and, and really like, I want people to know who I am. Like I want people, I want, I want to be felt by the world. And that can be a really strong motivation, but ultimately it's not going to last because it isn't fully satisfying. And there's, it's always a moving target. And then eventually you start to get the things that you want and then you're like, well, shit, you know, now, now what do I really want? You know, what do I, what do I really, really want? And that's a very important question to really ask yourself, what do I really want? What do I really want? And anchor to that over and over and keep asking that question until it goes into deeper layers. Mm -hmm. And for me, the thing that never goes away is, well, I want to love the world and serve the world in the best way that I possibly can. So really from this kind of selfish motivation of I want to do this for me to I want to do this for the good of all, for the greater good. But in order to anchor to that, the greater good, man, that's a huge, wide, broad thing. It's really hard to anchor to like, well, you know, it's so big. And does it even matter? But if you can think about one person or one thing that you really want to help, you know, that, that really clarifies what you're fighting for and why you're doing it. So if you know that that breath work is going to get you in a place where you can be kinder to that one person you meet or, or offer your ideas and your, your thoughts and your energy and your love to something in particular, then that's really helpful. I think that's one of the reasons why having kids is such a transformational experience for people because they can anchor that desire to serve to their children. You know, and obviously there's codependencies that can develop, et cetera, but it, it gives you a concrete anchor to say like, I want to be better for this, this one being, and that's really helpful. But ultimately the, the strongest motivation is love. You know, and we can, if we can really love the world and symbolize the world in something that we can really feel, that's the, that's the way to keep ourselves motivated. Wow. Oh my gosh. That is so true. That's so beautiful. It and is so inspirational. And it is so true when you think of it, like the base, it's love in everything you do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I never thought of it that way. I know. It's I, like, I'm now totally going to shift because I'm someone that's who what does I was say. I'm like, I think my I'm mindset, gonna my I'm going to shift my mindset because <laughs> I'm, I'm someone we both are, we have our vision boards and, and we're very spiritual. And like the one thing during this manifestation class, what I've said is what do I, I've asked myself that, what do I want out of this? Why was I drawn here? Um, mm-hmm. And it was to be my best higher self that I possibly can be inside and out into the people around me and what I could give the world before I leave it. And what's crazy is one thing I've realized. So and I know this sounds like I'm going to one thing to the next, but I love to be organized. I am like crazy organized person. And I've been working on building a home and it, it you know, I was supposed to be in, I think in August. And of course here I am not in it yet. That happens. Um, and I, that's one thing that stops me from all my things that I want to do. It's like the clutter. And so I started to put into, I want a simpler life. That's like, I feel like because Brie will always call me the bougie twin and you want all these things. And I almost feel like my guides and angels were like, you know what, we're going to postpone this. So she could really start to get the feeling of having all these things aren't everything it's made up to be. And I've realized, haven't I told you lately, yeah. like, I've been giving so much away because all of a sudden I've realized I, I need to live simpler. This is crazy. I, I can't even like focus on my goals or what I want to do. And I don't know. It's like, I feel like the minute that I can be more simple, I could then start to focus on my goals and everything that I want to get done. And, but now like listening to you, I'm like, oh my gosh, the love, like all I just need is to have love as the foundation and I can move forward in such a beautiful way. I agree with that. I think often we externalize the things that we want internally. And it's not that it isn't helpful. It's helpful to have things organized. You know, if I'm writing or writing my book, like I really need my space to be clean because if my space is chaotic, my thoughts feel chaotic. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that simplification is not helpful, but it's not the end. It's not the end goal because you can have a clean sparkly room and a sparkly desk in a small little house and still your thoughts can be messy, but to really simplify what your motivation is and remind yourself like I'm doing this for love. I'm doing this for that reader for, you know, for Bree's husband. You know, if I could really get that thought of like this person who's really fighting their hardest, but just needs a little bit of inspiration, just needs a little bit of help. And I can focus on that person for that day and be like, yeah, all right. Like I'm here to show up for that person. And I'm going to give that person my very best. Then, then it is the ultimate simplification because you're just focused on serving that thing to the best of your ability. Wow. wow. You just gave me goosebumps, like head to that's, toe. Wow. That's, that's really powerful. You know, I loved your documentary awake in the darkness that just came out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually two parts that really teared me up, but one is because when you were speaking about love about with your mother and, yes. and your grandmother, and even that your real name is Chris and Aubrey's your grandfather's name. And that Chris was the guy that was pretty much what seemed to be overworked, successful, but wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And that oh it was cool to find spirituality and the different medicines changed you. And then Aubrey, your grandfather's name. And that's the person you are today. I mean, it gives me goosebumps and it actually makes my eyes a little watery. Cause when I was watching and when you said the unconditional love that you felt from your mother and your grandmother, I then, cause we're moms. So it's like, but I could see with you and we, I want to get into this documentary cause I want to know all about being in the dark for seven days. 
Mm-hmm. But when you said that, that really, it hit something inside of like, sometimes we are these people. Cause I think before the pandemic, I was Brie Bella working just a workaholic and also trying to be a hands-on mom, trying to do it all. Cause I thought I had to, I guess, maybe, I don't know. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. And then we all got forced to be still. And it was crazy because you started this documentary January, 2020, not even knowing what was coming. And I was, and just watching the fact that you're about to go. And like you said, in the documentary, you're about to go into seven days of darkness, but we all didn't even know that we're all about to walk into darkness as well. And that's why I recommend this documentary because the mentally, I feel like just watching you, I think will change a lot of people. But um, the love part, it got me because I felt the same. I was like, uh, when the pandemic happened, I'm like, I'm tired. I'm not happy. I'm Mm. overworking. I'm not happy. Like I had to change too. And it was interesting. Just you, like the whole thing. I just, I felt like it, it touched me in a way. I'm like, I needed this. I needed to watch Mm. this, but I have to ask seven days in darkness. And it's neat because when you do go to the documentary, awaken the darkness, you see what it does to you. But truly, how was it? Like, do you think and why we, we we need to tell our listeners the why you do go into the dark? Yeah, I mean, you see in the documentary, but it's true. Why? You know, one part was the desire to do something that was really challenging, really difficult. I know the value of that. I know that we live in a world that's very comfortable, typically, especially pre-pandemic. You know, there's a lot of external things that are becoming more difficult, and those of us who've intentionally put ourselves in difficult situations then when the world brings those difficult situations, when when the world brings that proverbial darkness to us, we're like, oh, darkness. Hello, old friend. Like, I know you. I've been here before. And I know how to trust myself in these situations. And so I've always sought out these different initiatory rituals that would test me, whether it's a sweat lodge, whether it was climbing that frozen mountain with Wim Hof, or whether it's a deep ayahuasca journey, all of these things that are very difficult psychologically, physically, emotionally, mentally, in all of the different ways. And so there was a part of me that wanted that. And then there was a part of me that knew that I was just in pain for a lot of the same reasons that you were too much work, too much judgment, you know, not enough ability to allow myself to be loved. I mean, that piece about my mother, I recognized four days into the darkness. Now, let me explain this dark retreat because you say darkness, but it's not just darkness. It's absolute pitch black, not a pinprick of light. Sight is completely out of the picture. There is no difference between eyes open or eyes closed. No. So they build a room that is entirely black, entirely black, like not even the slightest bit of light. So no matter where you look, no matter where you go, you're not going to see anything. And there's no sounds, no other people. So you're in absolute isolation, absolute black. So it's just you and your thoughts. So if you don't like what's going on, you have a very few choices. You can breathe, you can change your breathing. You can move around, wiggle a little bit. And I did all that, you know, just like, oh man, I got to move or something. I got to, but there's very little that you can do. It's just you squaring off with your mind. And many of us surprisingly are afraid of our mind. Yeah. And that's a, that's not the place that you want to be, right? Like that's like having a monster that lives under your bed, but you never look under your bed to say like, okay, great. There's no monster there, you know? And this is the monster that we live with this tyrant that's in our own house. And so I wanted to just look at it and say, all right, why am I not as happy as I should be or could be? 
you know, I think should is a dangerous word, but why am I not as happy as I could be? Why am I not filled with as much love and joy as I could be? And the darkness revealed that. And that's why it's called awake in the darkness. I became awake and aware to all of these things that I wasn't aware of when all of the light and all the distraction and everything was around me. And yeah, really, ultimately, it came down to me being willing to love myself unconditionally and receive this unconditional love that was around the love that my mother had offered me my entire life. And I recognize also that one of the reasons why I hadn't one received that love from my mother or lived a life of that much love was my fear about that love being taken away. So my mother, at some point she's going to die. So it takes great courage to be in that state of love, knowing that you have to let it go. And even our own life, our own life is limited. We have a limited amount of time. It takes the courage of a warrior poet to love absolutely fully, knowing that you have to give it all back, right? It's a lot easier to play things like, yeah, it's all right. You know, yeah, you know, I love my mom. Yeah, it's okay. And then if it goes away, ah, no big deal. But to really allow yourself to love and to know that you have to give it all back as we all do, then that takes real courage. And that was the, that was the thing that I came up against. But the truth is that the only real tragedy is to play it safe, is to not allow yourself to love. Because at the end of your life, if you look back at your life and say, oh, good job, you played it safe the whole time. You never really loved anything. That's, that's the real nightmare. That's the real tragedy. So that courage gets you to the place where you can actually live with that fullness that I think we all deeply crave. It was really cool to see like, when you came out and when you, when you took the mask off and you just could tell your, you were so, and even though you were silent, but you could feel like you were just so grateful mm. to see and hear, feel the, you could like cold air, it looked like you were mm-hmm. cold and yeah. like the wind and all of it. And those little things you do take for granted. And it was neat. Cause on day five, you were saying that, like, you could tell, like, you're grateful for all those things, nature, oh, yeah. being able to go, like if you could, you just wanted to go hike out in the woods and anything. Uh, yeah. Anything. And I was just, I was like, wow. Like it was really neat to be able to watch someone like you go through that. Cause when I think I feel like someone would go crazy, but it was neat to see the transformation and someone like you through those seven days. So thank you for sharing that. And I think a lot of people need to watch that. Cause I think right now, mental health, is just a big issue. Well, and you know, it's funny because I have it downloaded and I haven't watched yet because I know what it's going to bring up for me. <laughs> I'm right now doing shadow work and I've had some, you know, exceptional classes with my life coach and a lot of releasing, but there's still more. And so I'm like, I told Brie what I think I downloaded like two weeks ago and I go at times and I've been alone. My fiance is finally back, but to go watch, I'm like, what? I don't know if I can get in this mindset right now because I know what it'll bring up, but it's what I want to face. I need the courage to face a lot of things because I do have a monster inside my head and it's, you know, I, I want to face her and be like, okay, this is done. Like no more. Well, Aubrey um, has classes coming up. You should, I should. Work with her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, do, are yours all in person? Do you have to go to Austin, Texas or do you? Do There's the, yeah. The fit. So the fit for service program is uh, we do them at different places around the country. And there's a lot that are in Austin, some in Sedona, some in, in different places. We've gone to Tahoe and, you know, a lot of different beautiful places. Oh. There's something about in-person gatherings. That's, 
it's just a little more powerful. We bring in the best, you know, breathwork instructors and meditation instructors and vision quest instructors. And we go through these processes together and there's something really powerful about that. So yeah, that is something that's available. If people are interested, you can check it out fitforservice.com. There's classes available and programs available in 2022, but I just want to touch on a few things that you mentioned. You know, I think we have this fear that we'll go crazy in the, if we allow our mind to take over, but really we're crazy right now. And the process of getting over this, getting over our fear is a process of going sane, right? right. Like you're not going to go crazy. You're going to go sane from yeah. the craziness that you're actually in. It's like, you're, it's like, we're all drunk. We're drunk on distraction. We're drunk on different programs and conditions and patterns and thought cycles. And if you really face all of them, you start to unravel all of those knots. And for the first time you look out in the world and you're like, wow, I'm sober for the first time I've ever been in my life. And that's what it was like when I finally took the mask off and I could see the light. I was like, wow, like this is so impossibly beautiful so impossibly beautiful. And I've been looking out at landscapes and sunsets and people and never really seeing how beautiful it was. And I even had a little rant in the darkness where I was like, thinking back to myself, you know, imagining a flight delay in an airport. I'm like, Oh my God, a flight delay. Can I even, Oh my God. And an airport is a circus. You have your phone, you have movies, you have books, you have snacks, you have people, you have all kinds of things you can do in an airport, right? And you, we just take so much for granted. And so to recognize, like reframe all of that. And I guess the closest thing that a lot of people might be able to identify is think about when you've been on a fast, you know, if any of us have fasted for any length of time, at least a couple of days, well, you have that first cashew you know, on the other side of the fast, you're like, Oh my God, a cashew it's a delicacy from the gods. Thank yeah. you. Cashew. You know, and Sorry. that's what, that's what all of your life can become. Like if you yeah. actually remember by taking it away. Yeah. You know, what really got me to the place to want to start working was my triggers. And it was like, I got triggers just started to take control of my body. And I'm like, I, I felt like I was allowing someone to like shoot me in the stomach with like a gun every time. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I got to that point where I was just like, what am I, why, why am I allowing this to take over? And I think I'm letting this stuff take over. And it's like, I just need to have the courage to face it. And I think that's the triggers make me feel like I'm just living drunk. And why am I mm-hmm. still living drunk? I want to be sober. I want to be free mm-hmm. and I want to feel good. And so, yeah, well, and I think it's tough because when you do talk about distractions, I mean, constantly every day, people are like to grow your business. You need to be on all the social media platforms. I mean, I feel like I need to start dancing on TikTok for some reason. I don't even <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> and like, all these things that just take your energy, like keep sucking you away. But someone like you, do you just think sometimes like either a, if you really want to dance on TikTok, let your heart go do that. Or you just do what you want to do or all of these apps. Yeah. I know you want to do it so bad. Or all these apps just sucking us dry. I don't know anymore. I get so confused. Some mornings I wake up and I'm like, I need a social media manager. Like I need to grow my business. And other days I'm like, I need to delete it. It literally makes me bipolar. You're not alone. You know, this is a very interesting time because 
these tools give us an ability to actually communicate with people in a really amazing way. I mean, we can reach people in ways that we never could before. Even this podcast is a technology. And this was one of the most virtuous technologies because in this moment, all of us are radically present. There's nothing else we're thinking about. We're not thinking about what's going to happen after this podcast, what happened before. We're not thinking about we're right here with each other. And that's real presence. And so there's something really virtuous about this technology, I will say. And I recommend for people who are even want to start a podcast, do it just for the conversation. Don't even worry about the listens. Like you will have the best conversations of your life just by recording it and just by getting somebody to not think about anything else but that conversation. So that's an example of a technology that's really virtuous. Instagram, all of these different social media platforms, double-edged sword. It's a great and powerful tool that we can use, but it's also been programmed to hijack into our brain and create triggers, you know, create things that get us fired up, feed us information that's going to rile us up. So we stay longer scrolling and, and all of the ways that it is. So you have to be mindful. And I think it's one of those things where you have to make sure that you're controlling it and it's not controlling you. Very similar to, you know, to, let's say tobacco, for example, you know, like if you can, you can use tobacco to your benefit. And I talk about this in my book, like if you're in control of your tobacco, especially with how you ingest it, cigarettes are completely out. But if you're using tobacco in a really healthy way, like the shamans do down in Peru, all right, you can have a good relationship with it, but it's very easy to flip that right over and tobacco's in charge of you and it's running your show and it's in control. And it's the exact same with all of these social media platforms. So it's important to check yourself, like move back and be like, all right, am I okay with not posting anything, not doing anything? Am I all right? You know, am I in control or is it in control? And to have a little bit of, a little bit of humility with how much we think we're in charge of all of these aspects and just, just check it out. Oh, yeah, that's, that's really good advice. say like I have truly been beyond enlightened and inspired during this conversation I think you know sometimes it's hard to have people speak your language or help you understand or make you feel like you can achieve these type of things but you make me feel that and I know I can like it's how you speak and your analogies and I, I, I don't know your teachings I'm just like I can do this. I can do the things I want. I can be the person I want to be. I could face the fears that I, oh my gosh, when I just said that, a rainbow just popped up. <gasps> oh my gosh. Like that is a wild. Look at that. That's a really beautiful rainbow. You guys. It's fine. But it's crazy, Aubrey. And now I get Brian's change and his shift and how, why he has been, how he's been after yeah. a few years. And now I'm like, why didn't I pick Brian's brain more? Because I would have <laughs> known more about you years ago and I could have made that shit, but things come in when they need to come in. I agree. And I'm just so grateful that our listeners get to hear all this and we get to share your knowledge and your wisdom. And wow, you truly are an incredible person. Oh, yeah. thank you. I mean, it's, I think the key is, is that I'm just a person. I'm just a regular, I'm like a regular person. And I'm really honest about that. And I think it's a shame that a lot of our leaders and a lot of the people we look up to, they kind of shelter their own personal struggles from the world, you know, and they, and they hold something back 
from what they share with everybody because then they seem separate. Like, wow, that's an alien. That person is an alien. They may be inspiring in some kind of way in which I wish I could be a little bit more like them, but I don't, I don't see myself in them. And so anytime I have a struggle, I'm like, okay, here's, here's my struggle. Here's what I'm going through. And uh, I think that's really important to help people relate. You know, even our great spiritual teachers, you know, like I want to hear about their really bad days, their hard days, the days where they were pissed off, the days where they got, you know, super lustful or the days they got super angry or the days they, you know, found themselves in a, in a pity party of self-hate, you know, like what were those days like? And even if those were the days in the past, you know, like let's, let's hear about it. Let's, let's really show everyone that we're all, we're all the same. You know, we're all going through the same struggles and the same challenges. So agree with you. Yeah. Thank you, Aubrey, because it does mean a lot having you be so authentic and opening yourselves up. And we know from being on reality shows, it can be hard because people want to judge you. People want to say, oh, you know, whatever the trolls come out. Um, So it takes a lot of courage um, to be able to do that. So thank you for that. And we always like to end our episodes with a little affirmation and inspiration so we would like to ask you what is your favorite quote or a motto that you live by one of my favorite quotes is from the sufi poet hafiz and he says wherever you are right now right now wherever you are whatever is going on god circled this place on a map for you Mm. wow and the meaning of God to him is a different meaning than you would have in a lot of different religions. And we don't need to go down that rabbit hole, but whatever that means to you, it means your higher self. It means everything that you think you should have done or could have done different and how you made a wrong turn and you could have been. No, no, no. Where you are right now is perfect. It's exactly where you're supposed to be. And from here, you can chart your course because you're exactly where you're supposed to be. I love that. Yeah, that is a great way to end that. Right. Everyone think of that right now. I know. Aubrey, thank you so much for joining us. It has been such a pleasure. We have been so excited to have you on the podcast and we know our listeners are so happy and we're all just going to leave with big smiles on our faces. Just go conquer the day. That's right. Go enjoy that rainbow. Go enjoy that rainbow. We need to pour some champagne for that. Yes, we do. (laughs) Goodness. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, well, you enjoy Miami and thank you again. And hopefully we all get to meet in person. I would love that. I'm going to look out when you come to Tahoe because that's a quick drive for us. Even Sedona. I used no. to love Sedona. That's where I got married. Sedona is like you one of my Sedona. favorite places. It's a really special place. Yeah, we'll be there a yeah. lot in the spring. I look forward to seeing you guys too. It'll happen. Awesome. Definitely. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. You too. Bye.